I'm coming to your cities. I recently did an event in New York. It was awesome. I loved bringing real couples up on stage. We had no idea what was going to happen. The crowd loved it. I was sharing real numbers. It was a blast. And I want to do it again. I'm looking to coach couples on stage at my next two live events, one in Philly on June 1st, one in Boston on June 4th. If you and your partner want help connecting over money, you want to solve a big financial challenge you have, please apply at iwt.com slash live coaching. If you and your partner struggle to come up with a shared vision of your rich life, if you have different priorities about spending and saving, if you just can't get on the same page financially, I would love to coach you live on stage in your city. It is free of charge. You can apply at iwt.com slash live coaching. I'll see you in Boston and Philly. Recently, I had an event in New York City. I had hundreds of people come and I brought actual real couples up on stage and did a mini podcast right there in front of everyone. It was awesome. And I'm very pleased to announce that I'm doing two more events. I want to let you know about it before anyone else knows. June 1st, I'm going to be in Philadelphia. June 4th in Boston. If you want tickets, you can get them at iwt.com slash philly and iwt.com slash boston. Between now and May 3rd, you can use the pre-sale code RICHLIFE to get tickets. Again, June 1st, I'll see you in Philly and June 4th in Boston, iwt.com slash philly and iwt.com slash boston. When we look at the menu, I look to the right. When I book the hotels or cars or anything, I click on sort by price. Like a lot of people, Calvin has a problem spending money. Makes him feel anxious, makes him feel guilty. And I wanted to hear his story to understand why. Where did this come from? And how is it affecting his relationship with his partner, Chanta? Calvin has always wanted to be the man of the house and take care of everything until he came to me and says he keeps going negative after paying for everything. Before we go deeper into this episode, What's your first guess? What do you think is going on here? Well, I'll give you a hint. Let's start way back in Calvin's childhood. Take a listen. I had to deal with all the like, phone calls, collection agencies, credit card, or deferring payments and whatnot, going to like payment plans. and stuff. I did all that for my dad, so I knew all that stuff. Wow. How old were you? Elementary. What? Hi, my name is Ramit Sethi, and today I'm talking to Calvin and Chanta. Now, they've been together for three years, and until recently, Calvin has insisted on paying for just about everything. The problem is, he can't afford to. And he obsesses and agonizes over money. He feels anxious. He's always looking for the cheapest price. Now, he's in his mid-30s, and together... Calvin and Chanta make over $250,000 a year, and they have over half a million dollars in savings. So why does he feel so bad about money? Let's find out the clues, and we'll see what we can do together. He's great. He wants to pay for everything. But the struggle is he obsesses and stresses out over everything also when it comes to money. And so I've always talked to him about contributing a percentage of our paychecks into a household expense and combining the household expenses. But Calvin has always wanted to keep a lot of things separate. And he's also wanting to, I guess, be the man of the house and take care of everything, right? Until he came to me and says he keeps going negative after paying for everything. Our expenses are pretty high. I think I'm paying for too much stuff and therefore that's, and that in turn makes me worry about money, worry about the cost of everything, always look, looking for the cheapest route or the most cheapest alternative. And I told her, I think that you may not feel that way because you're doing fine because obviously if I'm in a negative. I mean, you must have extra money because and you, you must feel okay and I don't. Yeah, I think Calvin's two years late on that. When we first moved in together, I had discussed this with him in the beginning because I didn't expect him to pay for everything. And I'm more than happy and more than willing to pay for my share. And I think him struggling and realizing that he, he cannot support the both of us, especially with the way I spend, according to him. And so I think that I'm glad he finally realized it. I, I think 
if he had sat down with me and looked at the numbers and went through everything together from the beginning when we first moved in, I don't think he would feel this much anxiety. I realized it a little bit late. I take in about 120000 a year. Okay. I get that he wants to pay for everything, but Chanta also has money of her own. Let's find out what's going on with her. Tell me how much you make total per year. About 130000 a year. Did you catch that? Chanta actually makes more than Calvin does. Now, there's an obvious solution to this problem, and that is for them to reallocate the way that they do their spending, for them to spend proportionally. So Calvin's spending will go down towards their joint account, and Chanta's will go up. That just makes sense. And actually, right before we recorded this episode, they made that change. But I still wanted to talk to them to find out what had led them to all this financial anxiety, because I suspect there's something a lot deeper here. We redid our math just a few months ago. So would you say you contribute roughly the same amount that she does? Yeah, now we are. Good. Okay, it would be really easy to end the episode right here. Okay, we made a quick change in Excel. Boom, done. That's what so many people think money problems are. They think they are a math problem. But money problems are almost never a math problem. They're much, much deeper than that. There's something else going on psychologically, something that caused them to get to this point. And now we're going to have to find out what those clues are. Let's start with the fact that Calvin felt he had to pay for everything. What do you think that is? Where do you think that comes from? Originally, I, I told her, you don't have to give me anything. I mean, I'll just do what I can on my own. And, and eventually that didn't work. So then she started contributing a little bit. And now it's still not working out. So we went with this new route where we kind of put into a, a joint, an account to pay for joint expenses. Before well, you were running into the red, how's it working for you now? We we just started in the beginning of March. Towards coming up in a few days here, we'll we'll see how it goes. But it should be okay because we really calculated all everything out mm-hmm. and to figure out, and then we came with an average amount that we would need to cover everything, including grocery shopping, potential dinings, and even gas. So it should be fine. Okay, good. She's right. I I wanted to be the man in the house. I wanted to provide as much as I can, and also just wanted to see like how much I can do on my own in the event she doesn't want to work anymore or can't work anymore. Let's unpack that. What does man of the house mean to you? Basically, taking care of everything financially, pretty much that actually. So pay for everything. And then what happens? Fast forward, maybe you decide to start a family. What happens? And then I won't be able to afford it. Can't do it. (laughs) Yeah, that could become a problem. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you, you guys came in here as if this was a math problem. This is not a math problem. And I'm really happy that you've both fixed up the allocation. That's awesome. But this has not been solved at all. We still have work to do because the real problem is not on the spreadsheet. In fact, put the spreadsheet away. The real issue here is way deeper. It's not going to be found in Excel. The way they restructure their finances is good. It's probably going to help prevent Calvin from going into the red every month. So I'm really happy to hear that. But there's more here emotionally. There's more behind how Calvin felt that he needed to provide for both of them, even though he couldn't do it financially. And the reason that I want to push on this is that if you just paper over a problem, if you don't really understand the causes then it will come up again and again and again. And with money, especially money in relationships, we want to get to the root cause. We want to fix it once and forever so that we can move forward and create our rich lives. I feel like we value money very differently. I, like every dollar counts to me, where I think for Canva sometimes it's, Sometimes the like convenience is, is more important or the, the luxury is more important. <laughs> I look at the price tag pretty much. I assess on whether or not it's worth it, whether or not I, I can do it myself or we can find it cheaper elsewhere or do we need it and we could walk there instead of getting a, a cab or something like that. Mm. 
Okay. So let me give a few examples. You tell me if you would think about the price for this. When you go to buy a car, do you comparison shop for prices? I do. Okay. When you think about taking a vacation, do you comparison shop for locations or hotels? Big time. Yeah. Okay. And when you go to the grocery store, do you comparison shop for the type of spaghetti sauce or lettuce that you're going to get? I, I do. Yeah. So everything. Yeah, everything like like organic. Do we need organic? When we go on vacation and stuff, like, we spend money and it does bring me joy. It's the process of getting there. It's a lot of calculations and weighing out the cost and and the value of things. And if you spend an extra five hundred bucks, you think it would give you more joy? No. Hmm. Okay. And what do you think if I asked Chanta that same question? What do you think she would say? I think she's the opposite. Of everything I say, she values. Like I said, she values more of the convenience, organic. Doesn't matter if it costs more. Doesn't matter valet parking. I'm like, no, let's self park. Let's self park. Stuff like that. Got so, it. Complete opposite. So let me understand. I want to know the advantages of this approach because I think there are a lot of advantages of your approach, and then I want to know what your approach might be costing you. So let's start with what are some of the benefits of your approach. Behaviors serve a purpose. There are biological behaviors, like we sleep when we're tired and we cry when we're sad. But then we have other types of behaviors, like comparing the price of everything. Now they usually get us something—some sense of comfort, or status, or saving money. But if you take them too far, they can start to cost us a lot. And that's what I'm trying to find out here. What does this cost him? I like knowing that I've gotten the best price possible. I don't like overpaying for anything because, again, I just I work very hard for for my money, and I'm not. She thinks we're well off. I don't think we're well off financially, and so I try and spend as little as I can, or save as much as I can. Keep in mind, they make almost three hundred thousand dollars per year. That, in terms, makes me like very. Like not materialistic. I don't shop for expensive clothing. I don't drive expensive cars. That's just out of the question for me. You're not materialistic. What else? Knowing that I got the best value or the best price that we could get something for, whether it be <laughs> like a, a, a vacation or uh, food or anything. And what is the advantage of knowing that you got the best price? I didn't overpay for anything. Uh huh. And what's the advantage of that? I didn't use more of my money unnecessarily, or our money unnecessarily. Okay, very good. All right, what are the disadvantages of your approach? Oh, I know the disadvantage. It's time consuming. I research and I ponder. I weigh out this versus that versus this versus that. It, it does take time. I know it does take time. What else? And then, yeah, time and it's just headache and it starts to get into disagreements and stuff like that. So those are really my disadvantages. That's it. Just the word disagreements. What? <laughs> Like you, you well, called me to come talk about this. Clearly, well, there's we disagree, and it becomes it escalates. Tell me more about that. Because we disagree, because we don't see eye to eye on it, and so she thinks it's she doesn't understand why why I I'm out shopping for like the cheapest one or like the the best value to bargain, and, and I don't understand why she doesn't why it's it's not a priority for her. Okay. Chanta, let me hear from you. I think I'm reasonable. I save money, but I do live life. I think that our difference. Calvin doesn't understand how to splurge on himself, and I I do that a little bit more. Whether it's myself, my friends, my family, I definitely like splurge on gifts for people. We work hard to make money, so I feel like we should really enjoy it as well.、Mm. But I don't think that we should spend everything that we we make. As long as you are you're saving and you have a balance, I believe more about having that balance. Calvin, do you agree in having balance? I do. Okay, so that's good. You both agree on balance. Maybe you just don't agree what balance actually is. <laughs> that's exactly right. Well,、okay. okay. I think I don't think I make enough for the, the way she wants to live. That's the thing. What would you say this ranks in terms of the issues that you 
argue about? Is this the number one thing or is it in the top three? It would be the top three. Chanta, you agree with that? Absolutely. Top three. Okay. What happens if you both continue on the way that you've been going? You're three years into this relationship. It's somewhat early on. If you change nothing and you keep going on, what do you think happens? I'm taking a detour here because I understand their issues. Now I want to see if they understand how serious this is. A lot of people I talk to initially write in with this huge problem, but when we start talking, they minimize it. They'll say, well, it's not really that bad, or, you know, we only fight once in a while, but overall things are pretty good. Now that might be, but a four out of 10 fight about the price of chicken wings can multiply and calcify and amplify especially after 40 years of marriage and two kids and a mortgage. That's why I'm doing something called future pacing right here when I ask them to imagine the future. If you ever follow me on Instagram, sometimes you'll see me post about my behind the scenes travel experiences, coffee tours, salsa making classes in Mexico, all kinds of culinary stuff in India. And I'll get a lot of people saying, where do I find that Kyoto notepad maker that you found. And one place you can find that is Viator. In fact, my wife and I used Viator to book a Segway tour where we took a tour of a new city and we had an amazing experience, something we never would have thought of doing on our own. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. And with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everybody. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real travel reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best travel activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. I get tons of email every single day, and I want to give you a behind-the-scenes look at how I manage emails from my team, from my family, and from you. I use a piece of software called Superhuman, and this is an email software that I actually pay for out of my own pocket. It works with your existing email service like Gmail or Outlook, and let me share how it saves me over 10 hours a week. So here are a few things I love about it. First off, it splits my inbox into different streams, so my important emails come into one place. It's not cluttered with a bunch of subscriptions everywhere. Next, I use keyboard shortcuts. Unlike you barbarians who literally click and peck through every single email, U to mark it unread, S to star it, J or K to cycle through messages. I use keystrokes to schedule messages, like when I want to ask one of my coworkers a question, but I don't want to send them an email on a Saturday. Now, I can work through dozens of emails in minutes using this. And Superhuman just introduced an AI feature, which allows you to take a huge email with all these people chiming in and automatically summarize what's going on in a few bullet points. It'll even draft emails for you. So if you want to buy back your time, Superhuman is a no-brainer to me. It's something I spend my own money on and I love it. Right now, all IWT listeners will get a free month of Superhuman you can get started at superhuman.com slash Ramit. That's superhuman.com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T. I think there will be a lot more disagreements and, and arguments about it. And overall, we wouldn't be happy and it would be hard to coordinate or plan anything or, yeah, just make a plan for anything, whether it be buying something, going somewhere, doing something. Yeah. On a scale of 1 to 10, how serious do you think it is today and how serious do you think it could become? I think it could become uh, very serious because when, it, when we're talking in terms of having a family and stuff, like I see her as no limits in expenses. Mm-hmm. Like if we, have, we were to have a kid, no, we need to do this for the kid, we need to do this, we, I want this for the kid, no, I want only organic, I want only top shelf items, you know what, I don't trust the school system, I want them to go private school and all that stuff, and that's all money and I, money that I don't have or I don't feel like I have. 
I'm going to object to certain stuff, and then you know it'll lead to me being a bad father or husband or whatnot. I think you're right. I think that it is a mm, nuisance right now, maybe a little bit more than a nuisance. But I think that as you fast forward and as you're both thinking about a family, things become way more complicated financially and values-wise. From what I hear so far, you don't have an effective joint philosophy. You have two individual philosophies which contradict each other. And mm-hmm. so, you, luckily, you're relatively high income. You have low expenses, so you can kind of paper this up, right? Look at it. You, you have hundreds of thousands of dollars in savings. Do you know your savings rate? I save on my own about twenty percent of mm-hmm. my income. They're very savvy with the technical aspects of money. They're spending less than eleven percent of their gross income on housing. That's extremely good. They know their numbers. They know their savings rates. That part I'm not concerned with. It's the other part, the what else part, that's concerning. What are you going to do with this money? How do you know when you've won? What is the purpose of a ten point five percent spending on your housing? These are the questions that are not found in a spreadsheet, and they are much, much harder for people to grapple with. I decided to go back to Calvin's childhood, learn a little bit more about what he grew up with, because I think it has a big, big hint about what's driving him today. It was like it was that my my dad paid for everything. My mom for a lot of many years of her adult life she didn't work. And then eventually she did, and just then even then I think she didn't pay for anything. She just saved her money, and that's just how that's how it was. It didn't work out though because they were always in financial troubles. Why did she go back to work? Maybe it was to help out. Yeah, my family did not make a lot of money, and my dad was very poor with managing money, racking up credit card debts, collectors calling, bad credit scores, all that stuff, writing checks that consistently. Yeah, that was insufficient. Yeah, my my parents never had enough money. Right now, did they ever say anything to you that made you feel as a kid that you or your family didn't have enough? Their English was very bad,、mm. so of course I had to deal with all like phone calls, collectors,、um, collection agencies, credit card, or even like deferring payments and whatnot, going to like payment plans and stuff. I did all that for my dad, so I knew all that stuff. Wow, how old were you? Elementary. What? Yeah, I, I know. I tell Chanta, and I don't know if she believes me sometimes, but I've been helping my family with their, with like financials since I was a little kid. Wow. And I, and because of that, you know what? I never asked for any of my parents. I never participated in any extracurricular because I thought it would cost my dad money. I never got any toys. I never asked for anything. I didn't go to my prom, and I didn't do any of that because that would involve money. I didn't. I just didn't want to bug my my parents on about it. That can't have been easy to have yeah, yeah. Yeah, to to take on that adult role as an elementary school kid. That's unbelievable. Suddenly, a lot of Calvin's financial anxiety makes sense. He's been living with a worldview of scarcity since he was in elementary school, and he's been fixing money problems. Catch that word, fixing. Not seeing money as joy, but as a problem to be fixed and managed, since he was a little kid. So we can sit here and tell Calvin to spend more on organic cheese, but because of his lived experiences, he literally sees money differently than Chanta does. You told me that when you were young, you said not enough, and then as you got older, going to prom and. Schools—it almost seems like you just didn't even ask. What did you start to believe about money as you grew up? I don't want to be like not having to not have enough money for things. Are your family still in the same financial situation? They're better now because of me. I still help them monitor it and manage it till this day.、Mm. Yeah, it's it's hard to explain. My dad's just really poor with it. Like he just—he'll write a, a check and sends it out, and then he goes to the ATM and withdraws. Whatever he needs to withdraw from cash, and then sees the balance on there, and thinks that's how much he has left, not realizing that there's two or three checks that's floating in the, in the mail system that's going to potential to people that are going to be depositing it. Then he ends up insufficient fund, and I see it because I log into his account once in a while and I check, and、mm. 
Mm. You know, I don't know what's going on. That's got to be frustrating and also something that you've been doing it for, what, 30 plus years. Must be something you just learned to live with. Yeah. We grew up in Hawaii. I came here when when I was 17. So in in the year year 2000, and I got him into those credit debt payment plans and stuff like that to get him out of it. And he did. He actually, I, I made sure he was on track and then eventually he got out of it. He got, his credit went back up and he was doing really well. And I think he's fallen off again. But now I've gotten my sister, my younger sister, to help out with managing. I just set up like direct payments and automatic payments for him and stuff like that. So it's when he writes those checks that he's, he just doesn't understand that, that writing a check, it means that's what the money's going to be. He just doesn't realize that. He, he's always like, wait, I thought I saw my... My ATM receipt, I still had $1,000 in the account. I said, yeah, but what about the, the $500 check you wrote two days ago? He questions their every purchase. He questions kind of their every move and decision. But I see why he had to. That's a lot of responsibility for him to hold. And he still continues to carry on that responsibility. It's just hard because I see it affecting us and our finances and how he questions a lot of the things that I buy as well. But I always try to remind him I'm not in the same financial position as his parents. I think it's pretty cool that Chanta understands Calvin's childhood actually affects him. Now, that understanding is that's not going to make their money problems disappear. But at least that understanding is a really great sign that the two of them can take this journey together. I will say, though, I'm not sure Calvin has actually connected his childhood with his financial behaviors of today. The anxiety, the constant comparing costs of everything, and the stress that is putting on their relationship. I have a friend of mine who's always cold. She told me she and her partner have totally different temperatures when they sleep. She goes to bed in a flannel pajama. She's got extra blankets. Her partner's running hot. So now she recently started testing the pod cover from 8sleep, one of our sponsors. Before she goes to sleep, she gets on the app, cranks up the heat, And when she gets into bed at night, it's already warm and waiting for her. The pod cover by 8sleep fits on your bed like a fitted sheet. And it collects information. It has sensors. The pod then uses that information to understand what you need to get better sleep. You can set it to heat up or cool down before you get into bed. It also adjusts while you sleep. And you can set it to change temperatures to gently wake you up in the morning best part, there are two zones. So if you run hot and your partner runs cold, you can each set your side of the bed to exactly how you want it. Improve the way you sleep by using my link at 8sleep.com slash for $200 off plus free shipping on their high-tech pod three cover. That's 8sleep.com slash E-I-G-H-T sleep.com slash R-A-M-I-T for a better, smarter sleep. A few years ago, I was at a tea tasting in New York with one of my buddies. I thought it was going to be a normal tea tasting. Suddenly, six people from Japan come in. They pour basically three thimblefuls of tea and we taste it. I've never tasted anything like that. And they tell us if we were to buy that, just the three thimblefuls, it would be $75. Now, drop for drop, that's the most expensive thing I've ever had to drink. Not all of us have the time or the money to buy that specific tea from that specific mountainside in Japan. But what if you could capture that feeling of the care and the love, even the way that they served it to us? What if you could bring that to your home every morning? Well, I want to introduce you to one of our newest sponsors, Peak Tea. What makes Peak Tea special is that the tea is cold extracted using only wild harvested leaves from 250-year-old tea leaves. That makes the tea rich in minerals, and other beneficial compounds. Now, the greatest part is that peak tea is zero prep. There's no tea bag that you have to steep for the perfect amount of time. Peak dissolves in cold or hot water in seconds. It's already pre-measured, it's perfectly brewed, and it's perfect to take if you travel. My team's been trying peak tea, and they especially love the Pu'er green teas. For a limited time, get up to 15% off and a free quiver with 12 tea samples with my link, peaklife.com slash Ramit. That's P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E dot com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T. When you think about your own relationship with money today, 
What role do you think that your family upbringing had in that relationship? It, it makes me just never want to be in, like, in debt and be in that position. Because what? I don't know. I just don't wonder because it just it doesn't help me. It's gonna cause a lot of problems. But I don't like that, and that's why I don't feel good when I, at the end of the month when I'm in the red. What happens if you get into debt? It's it's hard to get out. Yeah. What else? I would have to work more to mm-hmm. to to make the money. What happened to your dad as he got worse and worse with his money? Again, they had, him and my mom began to argument. Financially, you're there too. That's it. I mean, my, my dad, I don't think he cares. It seems like he cares, but I don't think he cares. So how come you care? Because I think it's going to fall onto me in the event that anything happens. Mm. Because, because I'm the one I'm the one that's the most successful financially on paper, the most successful in, the, in our family. And you've been doing it for so long, too. You've been helping them in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. Did your parents look at the prices of stuff when you were a kid? They do, but they don't, they don't, what do you call it? They they don't weigh it out and how much it's worth and stuff. Like they don't create Excel models to compare it? Nothing. No, none of that stuff. And they just buy it and they don't think about it too much about it. Up until this day, they just buy unnecessary things Mm -hmm. they don't really need. They buy too much of things they that they should be buying. You know? And when they do that, how does it make you feel? It frustrates me, and I get I actually get into arguments with them too. Yeah. And when Chanta buys valet parking, how does it make you feel? I don't like it either. <laughs> Any connection between the two? No. The only connection is that I just don't want to. Spend, I don't want to spend the money for that because I don't think we, we we need it. I'm wearing a pretty nice shirt right now. I don't need it. I don't need it at all. I could have bought it at Target. Target has very nice clothes, but yeah. I decided I like it. So I bought it. What do you think about that? Is that unnecessary? No, but if you can afford it, then that's fine. Good. That's a great answer. Now, how do you know if you can afford uh, valet parking? 15 bucks, let's say. Yeah, and I've told Chanta, I told that when I pay my bills and I'm not in the in the red anymore, then maybe we can figure something. We can figure if I'm in the red, that we shouldn't be being paying more for luxury. If you don't, Chanta, do you agree with that? Yeah, I I agree with that. Okay, okay, good. We have a lot of zone, a big zone of agreement here. Still feeling out the zone of disagreement. So, do you both have any money rules? that are important to you jointly? We don't have any money rules yet. For example, I read your book. I follow you, you know, like all about using your points for plane tickets, hotels, and I'm all about that. And Calvin is too, but he micromanages how we spend our points, our free points. (laughs) And so it's, I think if we come up with some good money rules, then it would be good for us to both follow because in my mind, I see them as free points. It's okay how we spend it because they're free. But Calvin completely disagrees and has his own way of wanting to spend it. I'm moving on from Calvin's childhood into their spending with money today. See, sometimes when people talk about their childhood, they instantly get it. And they can connect how their upbringing is causing their financial issues today. But sometimes they need more time to make those connections. It needs to sit and settle. So let's shift into how Calvin and Chanta spend on vacations now. Now jointly come up with a money rule that would serve both of you? Yeah. What would be a rule that both of you could feel good about? My general rule is no valet. We can walk. That's something I can come up like right away off the top of my head. Of course. You, yeah. you say it like it's a surprise. We all knew that's a, it's a given. <laughs> I was kind of hoping for a money rule that would give them permission to spend more here, (laughs) but at least he's trying. It runs deep inside you that you want to spend as little as possible. I get that. That's your natural inclination. And like we talked about, that can serve you in a lot of ways. You're probably never going to run out of money. But again, what do you think the downside of that is, Calvin? Yeah, just time. 
Whatever That's one. Like, what else? Yeah. I like you get really bad quality things. Calvin, when you go on vacation, you want to stay at a Holiday Inn? First okay, of all, okay. <laughs> before I met her, yeah, I stayed at Holiday Inn. Okay, fair enough. First of all, I got nothing against Holiday Inn. I stayed there when I was a kid. It's a great family hotel. But Calvin, can I point something out to you? Yeah. I don't think Calvin realizes just how wealthy he is. And I know for a fact that he does not realize how wealthy he will be. You are going to be a multi-millionaire. Did you know that? No, that sounds great. I you, didn't know that. You already are a multi-millionaire. You don't even know it yet. You just need time. I already calculated how much you have and how much you're contributing. You are already a multi-millionaire. You just need to let your investments sit and keep compounding. And the more you add, the more it's going to grow. Now, let me ask you this, Calvin. Let's say you're sitting on $3 million. Do you still want to stay at Holiday Inn? No. Okay, good. Let's say you're sitting on 500 grand. Do you still want to stay at Holiday Inn? Yeah. Okay, a million? No. Wow. So at a million bucks, it changes from Holiday Inn to you're willing to stay somewhere else. Is that right? Yeah. You can afford more than a Holiday Inn right now. Do you know that you are rich? No. Yeah. Because ever since you were an elementary school kid, you've been poor. So you have gotten a great job. You have a very good income. It combined with your girlfriend, Chanta, you have a very good household income. Your savings are quite good in terms of percentage per year and your expenses are low and yet this is not a math problem this is all psychology and so it's funny you even just said at a million dollars you would switch away from a holiday inn but a holiday inn costs 150 bucks a night that's a decimal error do you see how it's not a math problem here, that there's something else going on? You're already rich, and you're getting richer every day. But until you can internalize that, you will always hold on tightly to parking, hotels, salad, burritos, whatever. And look, personally, I don't care if you want to go for a cheap burrito and that's just not important to you. My car is 16 years old. It's not important to me. Still works. It's a great car. Honda. Love it. But there are other things that I buy a really nice vacation. And there are even some things where I say, I'm going to give myself no budget. I will spend anything because it's important to me and I can afford it. So Calvin, hearing that, how does that strike you? It feels good to hear that, but I think because you're looking in a, in a you're looking at it in a, in a long term perspective, mm-hmm. and for me, it's just down to the end of the month. This is really common with people who have anxiety around money. They look at everything month to month, and that is as far as they can look. It's kind of like driving in the fog, where you can only see fifty feet in front of you. Of course you're gonna be nervous. Of course you're gonna be going slow. Of course you're gonna be worrying about all the things that can go wrong. You're only seeing 50 feet in front of you. My job is to zoom out and show you the big picture. Your rich life, not just your rich month. The funny thing though, even though you're living month to month, you've managed to accumulate six figures in savings. That's no joke. Yeah. And yet you are obsessed. Words that I heard today, obsessing. You're talking about like $10 expenses, but you have over $200,000 in savings, both independently and jointly. Do you know how much your money right now turns into by the time you're 65? If you just keep contributing the same amount, any idea how much it turns into? No. Take a guess. Five million? It's a good guess. It's 3.6 million. But if you wanted to make it 5 million, 
it wouldn't be that hard. Five million bucks. What do you think is going to change when you have five million dollars? I mean, I won't. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about those things anymore. You think it's just magically overnight? You're just going to stop worrying about all financial items. If it happens overnight, then yeah, it will magically overnight. Not think about <laughs> never happens. Yeah, but never. It I know, if, so. if if you got five million dollars tomorrow, you know what you would be doing the night after? What you'd be on Expedia comparing the prices of Holiday Inn and you'd be like, let's get a suite at Holiday Inn. I don't think so. <laughs> you, believe me, you think you would magically change an entire lifetime of restricting yourself just because you have money in your bank account, but you already have hundreds of thousands of dollars and you still treat money like you're poor. I, I think Calvin's very hard on himself and he's very modest as well. And I try to get him to celebrate even small wins and he, it's really hard for him to do that. And so I hopefully coming from somebody else like you and not me, I feel like I'm, a, I'm his biggest cheerleader anyway, but coming from you, I hope he internalizes that and really starts appreciating what we have and worrying a lot less and having a lot less anxiety because I, I feel like a lot of the times it's what's in his mind that really hurts him. One of the best ways to learn is by actually doing it. So let's try it right now. Let's dream a little. I'd like you to take 30 seconds to think about what is on your bucket list, the things you want to do in the next 10 to 15 years, big things. I'd like to be able to travel and go to those multi-country trips and do all the excursions and do all that stuff and not to worry about what it's going to cost. How? The only other country I've been to is, is London once. That's it. I've never been anywhere else. What's the place that comes to mind first if you could go anywhere? I definitely want to go back to Southeast Asia. My aunt lives there right now in Cambodia. And I've always wanted to... She donates a lot to the temples and I think a few temples now and she's retired there. But we've always talked about the schools there. I'm a teacher. And so there's lots of just time I want to donate to either teach English, to help rebuild the school, to do something good like that, partnered with my aunt to help the community because that's where my family is from. I want to go there too. We talked about it and we had some plans to eventually do that. Originally it was last year, but in the pandemic, we, shut, we canceled it. We held off on booking anything because we weren't sure how it was going to happen. So do you think you'll go when you can, soon? Maybe next year. Mm -hmm. As of right now, yeah, I would still be the way I am and still probably like back out the cost for everything. And He would probably stay with my aunt. <laughs> <laughs> Where I would want to go to the hotels because they're, they're so much cheaper. Our dollar goes a long way there. And I would not want to stay with my aunt. <laughs> I wouldn't want to stay with, with her aunt. I would, <laughs> I probably wouldn't pick the resort there that's equivalent to the Four Seasons or that's equivalent to the Ritz-Carlton. I, I don't classify us as being that level. Let's say that's like a 10. We don't need to say a 10, we can say at a, at a 7 or, or an 8. I love that you both are into going to Cambodia. I love it. I would like for you to both sit down. And I'd like you to talk about dream trip. When you first start conceiving this trip, you're not going to talk about cost. Then you're going to think about how much you can afford and then you can go and plan it. I suspect that both of you may disagree on how much you can afford. Anybody have a sense of what number you think you're going to come up with? Like 6,000. Okay. Chanta? Yeah, I was thinking 10,000. Oh, you guys are in the range. <laughs> Seriously, at least it wasn't 6,000 and 60,000. <laughs> uh, you guys are so close. Do you realize $4,000 out of $250,000 of income every year? That's like nothing. That's awesome. You guys are there. Calvin, let me ask you a question. If both of you said, if you said six and she says 10, do you trust Chanta? With? Anything. Not, I don't trust her with making fun. I wouldn't trust her to like book a trip for me or something. Why is that? 
because it's, it's, it's going to be four seasons, valet parking, and room service left and right. And what's going to happen if she does that? The premium package and stuff. And what's going to happen then? This is called the so then what technique. When people are worried about something with their money, I ask them, so then what? And I ask them again and again. And usually the very thing they feared is not that big of a deal at all. Okay, I love coffee and I want to tell you about the system I set up so that I can get all kinds of new coffee regularly. I know there's a few brands of coffee that I love. So I set up a document and in that document, I track the types of coffee I love. Verve, uh, Joe Coffee in New York, and there's a few other brands that I love with the specific roast. But then every single month, I'm hunting, looking for new types of coffee. And so what I'll do is I'll ship myself a couple of new bags of different roasts, different types of coffee from different regions, and then I take a little notation card, I write down what works and what doesn't. Now, if you think I'm a psycho, what am I gonna say? This is my rich life. But I'm sharing this because a lot of us love coffee, and a lot of us want to know where to discover new coffee. That's why I am thrilled to introduce you to today's sponsor, Trade Coffee, which is a subscription service that makes it very simple to discover new coffees and to make great coffee at home. Trade partners with top-rated independent roasters so you can get their best quality coffee sent right to your home. It's all handpicked by their coffee experts. And maybe you already know what you like. Like for me, I like Verve Coffee. It's one of my favorite brands. It's on Trade's platform. Or maybe you're not sure and you want to experiment. Either way, Trade makes it easy and convenient to discover new coffees, and they will send them to your home on your preferred schedule. So upgrade your morning routine with better coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our audience a free bag of coffee with any subscription at drinktrade.com slash Ramit. That's drinktrade, T-R-A-D-E, dot com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T, for a free bag of coffee with any subscription purchase. Again, drinktrade.com slash Ramit. If you are a business owner, listen up. As your business starts to grow, you and I both know what happens. Those things that you used to do manually start to break. They start to take up all your time and you decide, I'm going to look for some automation. The things you used to do take a week, but how do you automate these things? Well, if this is you and you are in charge of your business, there are three numbers you should know. 36,000, 25, and 1. 36,000, that's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system. It streamlines accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for your KPIs in one efficient system with one source of truth. You can manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. It's everything you need all in one place. And as you know, I like to see all my numbers in one place, that's exactly what NetSuite can help you do. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at iwt.com slash NetSuite. That's iwt.com slash NetSuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E to get your own KPI checklist. iwt.com slash NetSuite. It's going to be a big deal at the end. And what happens then? We can't afford it. I'm answering this, this question based on how I feel right now. I totally get it. And I totally respect you for being yeah. so honest. He's almost there, but I just need to get Calvin a little more comfortable with the idea of spending. So I'm going to do an inversion exercise with him. Let's rewind. And this time I want you to answer every answer in the opposite way you just answered it. Just play for just 20 seconds with me. Watch. Do you trust Chanta? Yes. Would you trust her to book a trip for you? Yes. If she booked a trip for you, would it be at a beautiful hotel with beautiful room service and all that stuff? Yes. Could you afford it? Yes. Okay, how did that make you feel to say? 
can we actually do this for real? Because first of all, you can't afford it. And second of all, you have a trip coming up. So let's just play it out. Hey, I'm not going to tell you what to say. It's your money, both of your money, and it's your answer. But let's play it out. Calvin, do you trust Chanta to book a trip to Cambodia for you? Yes. Chanta, do you understand where Calvin is coming from when he's sometimes concerned about you booking a trip for him? Yes. Okay. Calvin, do you think that if Chanta booked a trip, it would be a memorable experience for both of you? Yeah, I know it will. Chanta, do you think you would ever regret going to Cambodia with Calvin? No. I hope not. <laughs> Calvin, would you trust Chanta to handle all the airfare bookings for this trip. Yeah, I would. Okay. I think you should take a moment to really celebrate that because that is absolutely amazing what you just did. Shanta, what do you think? I just want to go give him a hug. <laughs> <laughs> And you a hug as well. <laughs> that simple answer you just gave me shows so much of what you've done in this conversation. Are you psychologically prepared to acknowledge that for a trip you take once every three years, the prices are basically irrelevant for you? Yeah. It's a big change. It's a big trip, and then the experience is going to be important. So, yeah. I have to trust Chanta with the with all the booking and stuff. Oh, I love it. I love everything you just said. You talked about experience. That's your money lens on this trip, and you trust her. What could be a better experience than starting out by saying, I trust you? If you've enjoyed this episode, follow and subscribe to I Will Teach You To Be Rich on whatever podcast platform you use. And please leave a rating and review. It really helps us, especially because we're so new to the game. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. Here's what you'll find next week on the I Will Teach You To Be Rich podcast. I feel like it's a huge weight that we're both carrying. Like John wants a second kid, he's thinking about it, and I'm just like, no, like we have to pay this off. We need to make this into manageable amount And then we can do something else. It's like, I want to cry. Like, oh my God, how come it's not getting any lower?